Good morning and happy Advent to you. Happy Monday morning. It's December 4th. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network at 7 a.m. I'm Adam Wright. It's so good to be with you this morning. I hope you had a beautiful first Sunday of Advent and a wonderful weekend. Let's begin the show, the time together in prayer. Let's begin our morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit spirit. Amen. Well, it's a beautiful time of year. It's Advent. Uh, It's one of my favorite liturgical seasons, a season of slowing down, a season of preparing, a season of anticipation, of waiting. Uh, Yesterday, I went to Mass, and it just so happened that, uh, you know, I, I, I go in, and I'm praying, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder who's got mass today. And we, we had a visiting priest in the homily. He started out. It, it was just wonderful. He said, I think we've all had that experience where we've turned on the computer and we wait for it to boot up and it goes through all of those screens. And then we go to open the program. The reason we went to the computer is we needed to use a program and we open the program and then that's opening up. And, and all this while, there's just that spinning wheel, that spinning circle, loading, loading, loading. And how impatient we've become. And, and we're a culture of little patience. We want things ASAP as soon as possible. And he's, he, he made the comparison that Advent is a lot like that little circle where things are loading right now. And we have to be patient. And it teaches us patience, and it's a good thing. It was a wonderful homily. Today, we are going to continue a series. We've been breaking down this talk into parts on what is holiness from Father Ripperger. We're going to bring you uh, parts four and five of that today. We're going to wrap that up tomorrow. And then we also have for you today, we're going to be joined by Eileen Piper, who's the Vice President of Lifelong Mission for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students to talk about Seek 24 and some other things. Uh, We're getting close, friends. We are now, you know, a month from tomorrow, Seek will actually be over, as strange as that seems. So we're getting down to the wire with this, but there's still time to sign up. We'll hear more about that from Eileen later on in the show. For now, uh, it it was a little drizzly on the way in. The rain woke me up at 2 o'clock this morning, and I honestly haven't looked ahead to see what the rest of the weather is because I knew I was going to come in, we were going to do a show, and Mike Roberts was going to tell us the rest of the weather. Let's find out what that is today. Today is the feast day of St. Barbara, who was a martyr, and St. John Damascene, doctor of the church. Born in Damascus in 675, his father had been a high-ranking official under the reign of the Muslims who had taken Damascus in 635. His grandfather may have been involved in arranging favorable terms of surrender. As a result, John grew up bilingual and with an understanding of both the Bible and the Koran. He started his working life in the same profession his father had been in as a civil servant. But John was a young man of deep faith and eventually his desire to serve the Lord led him to become a priest and a monk. In the early 8th century, there was a powerful movement in the Eastern Church opposing religious icons in three separate publications, starting with apologetic treaties against those decrying the use of holy images. John provided a powerful defense of their value and use. 
Because he lived in Muslim-occupied territory, the Eastern Church was not able to prevent John from publishing these writings, and they would go on to have widespread impact for years to come. These writings make John Damascene the equivalent of St. Thomas Aquinas in the Eastern Church, where he is considered one of its fathers. John also had a great love for the Blessed Mother, and his homilies on her feast days were legendary. He also was an outstanding poet, and his poems have become the lyrics for many songs which are still in use today. Here is a sample taken from Bethlehem Rejoices. Bethlehem Rejoices, hark the voices clear, singing in the starlight, near and still more near. Unto God be glory, peace to men be given, this his will who dwelleth in the heights of heaven. St. John Damascene, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed week. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Daily Offering God the Father, I thank Thee for creating me. God the Son, I thank Thee for redeeming me. God the Holy Spirit, I thank Thee for sanctifying me. Infuse into my thoughts, words, and actions Thy grace, so that they may be supernaturally pleasing to Thee and supernaturally rewarding to me forever. O Blessed Trinity, Abundantly assist me in becoming that which thou intended me to become when thou created me. For in thy perfection I will give thee the glory thou desirest of me, and in that perfection I will find my greatest joy in heaven. Amen. We are happy to have with us on the show today, calling in by uh, video, Eileen Piper, who's the Vice President of Lifelong Mission for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, FOCUS. You've heard us talking about FOCUS. You've heard us talking about Seek 24. And you've heard Eileen on the show before. She was a guest last year leading up to Seek 23 and then joined us for one of our live broadcasts for Mission Way. Eileen, it is always a joy to have an opportunity to speak with you here on Roadmap to Heaven. I'm so happy to be back with you, Adam. I'm so happy. I'm just delighted. I have heard that uh, registrations are on track to surpass last year, that there's going to be even more people in the Dome when we gather for Mass and some of these keynote sessions at Seek 24. I, I'm like a kid getting ready for Christmas. And, and I know this because my kids are getting ready for Christmas and, and they're making their list. And my list is, Lord, I just want to see you work amazing things that first week of January here in St. Louis. So, Amen. Eileen, we've been talking a lot on the show these past few months about the Making Missionary Disciples track and how that's really something for the bulk of our listeners who have moved on from college. They're either out in the mission field working right now, uh, they're in their particular vocation, some of them are retired, and yet the common thread for all of us is that we're called to evangelize. And that's something that for the last nine years you have been involved with Focus, you have seen this in action. What's your favorite thing about the, this whole idea of not not just the college students, but all of us being called to evangelization, all of us being called to be missionary disciples? You know, Adam, when you ask that question, it is, uh, I think it's Matthew 28, and I said 18, but all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, says Jesus. That's like a mic drop moment. It is so powerful. And it is probably like one of his most important statements when he leads in by that. And then he says, Go, therefore, and make disciples. Gosh, we've got to take that to heart. And that's the thing. Like, by God's grace, 
focus has been for the last 25 years, living mission on campus, raising up missionary disciples. And now unbelievably, Adam, it is going, it is almost 10 years that we have sent our first like quiet missionaries out into parish. And we've been raising up missionary disciples within our parishes. And it's been glorious. We we talk about the daunting nature of some of this sometimes, you know, the, the idea of going out in my parish. In fact, I had just run over to the parish office before our interview today and was having some conversations. And even in that, I was like, okay, I, I'm not quite sure how to approach this here, but I love Jesus. They love Jesus. We're all coming together to love Jesus. Uh, what's some of the fruit you've seen? How, how have you seen people take what they learn in this MMD track and go out and apply it in the real world? You know, it's such a good question because a lot of times when people think about evangelization, they think about the proverbial street corner where you have to go out and you have to start making announcements and thumping your Bible and calling people to Jesus. That's not what Jesus himself did. Look at how he lived his life. He lived this quiet little behind the scenes life, investing in his 12 best friends on earth. And that's what that's what the Making Missionary Disciples track equips us to do. Who is already in my life that I can just start taking some additional steps to talk to them about the Lord for us to be able to journey together in our like on our way towards sainthood? That's the Making Missionary Disciples track. It's quiet and it's incredibly fruitful and it's incredibly powerful. I, I love that aspect of it because, you know, I used to work in parish ministry before coming to the radio station. And one of the questions that I would be asked all the time by parishioners of uh, you know, I'd say from middle adulthood all the way up to seniors saying, you know, my kids stopped going to church or they don't take the grandkids to mass. They don't really practice their faith. What do I say? What do I do to to bring them back? How do I get them to come back? And that, that whole idea, first off, let's recognize that you and I actually, in the grand scheme of things, don't do anything. Jesus does the work. God does the work. He moves the heart. But we're called to be that instrument he can use. And that's precisely what we're talking about. It's not necessarily the street corner. The street corner might even be easier because at the end of the day, people, they're not going to know who you are. You, you'll be easy to forget. But in those lives of your your friends, your family who have maybe stopped practicing the faith or they've taken a pause or maybe they just weren't brought up in the faith and, and we want to share with them, we need to know how to effectively do that. The uh, Making Missionary Disciples track is that hands-on. All right, well, here's how you go do that. That's right. Because the thing is, Adam, like it's not, it is the, the it all happens through relationship. That's the thing. It is those people that are, are, the Lord has already placed in my life and I love them so much and I want to understand them and I want to understand how they're looking at the world. And then in that, when I know them and they love me and they know I love them, that now has given me the authority to be able to step in. And so we have different workshops on things like spiritual conversations. And we have workshops on um, like how to share the gospel. Like who is Jesus? I Like you hear out there all the time. Like I heard he wasn't even a real person. Well, that's just ridiculous right there. But But how do you step into that? And there are just some simple little things that we can teach people so that they can just step in and with great love, encounter another person and have the most important conversations. Now, this is my favorite part of these conversations. It's the, but wait, there's more. Because, I mean, 
we've been hammering home this message of what what is the MMD track? Why are we all called to be making missionary disciples for a while here on the show? So for some of our listeners, it might be new. For a lot of us, you know, it's we're just trying to reinforce that we are called to this. We're not alone. There is training available. There is help available. And what a joy it is. But wait, there's more. In addition to the wonderful sessions as part of the Making Missionary Disciples track, you're going to get to come to Mission Way and hang out with all your friends from Covenant Network, uh, where we're going to be playing our, our fabulous Cataquiz game at our booth. We're going to have some great times there. But Eileen, that's not even the but wait, there's more, because there's even more beyond that. There's a whole conference outside of this track with keynote sessions, liturgies, and more uh, for everyone who attends. And we haven't really spent a lot of time talking about about that. So could you walk us through the, you know, the typical seat conference? When, when we're not in these making missionary discipleship sessions, what else is there for us to do while we're here? Oh, there is so much good stuff going on. And not only will you be having the awesome cataquiz quiz sessions, but you will, Adam gives out the best stickers in all of seek. Like that's what you got to go for. Um, but from the first time you come in, so, so seek is five days. We're going to start off with mass and it is going to be unlike any other mass you have attended because hang on, you're going to be singing like these incredibly beautiful hymns as 200, 400 priests go marching up the aisle and we all have to sing and we sing. And then that now come the bishops and then, you know, we'll have a visiting cardinal. Like it is, it's breathtaking. And like, I don't know anybody who is not, moved to tears as you watch all of these men who have given their life to Jesus Christ processing up the aisle. It's spectacular. And that's just like mass, the high point. But then you've got, so the Making Missionary Disciples track is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning. So that's just the morning. Beyond that now, you're going to be surrounded by 10,000 young people and you are going to see the hope of the church. You can hear that the church is dying. It's a lie. You come to seek and you're going to see these kids. I'll call them kids. And on Wednesday night adoration, they bring Jesus out in the monstrance. You're going to hear a pin drop as 20,000 people are going to be falling onto their knees in praise and adoration of our Lord as he comes in. There are going to be speakers every single night. You've got um, those are the keynotes during the day you've got speakers. So we'll have Chris Stefanik and we're going to have Father Mike Schmitz and we're going to have um, Monsignor Shea. We've got Father Michael Gately. We've got all these fantastic, like the top-notch speakers coming in. It is Catholic Disneyland because Adam is down on Mission Way with all of the religious and all of your favorite gifts that you want to be able to buy. I know. I, last year, I felt like I wanted to have bingo cards made up for all of the different religious orders that were there and just hand them out and say, go go visit them. And and if you get bingo, if, you, if you've crossed off the list, we'll find you a special prize. Uh, we didn't get that to happen. And I, I don't know that that's going to happen this year. But the point is, it's amazing, if for nothing else, just to see the religious orders on Mission Way. And then there's the other, there's the camps that if you have high school students, if you have grade school students, you're going to want to check out these camps and get on the list to send your kids off to just amazing Catholic opportunities out there. Plus, there's all the swag you could ever want. And uh, I, I've got some friends last year. They were giving out the best candy. They were, you know, And all these things sound like 
You want me to go to a conference to get candy? No, I want you to go to a conference to fall deeper in love with our Lord. But when you get peckish on Mission Way, they've got you covered for that, too. I mean, every every base gear is covered, Eileen, and it's absolutely fantastic and marvelous. Uh, we love it. The last question I wanted to ask you, and I think this really highlights the importance of everything that we're going to be about this week. You know, a lot of people have said to me, wow, they're really starting on New Year's Day? And I said, yeah, but... We're starting with Mass on New Year's Day. And, I mean, honestly, what more important thing could we be doing to kick off the new year together than right out of the gate saying, let's dedicate this whole year, let's dedicate everything we do, not just today but beyond, to God. And and let's dedicate it to doing His will and spreading His gospel and being out there. And in a really special way, we're going to be honoring the Blessed Mother because January 1st Mm -hmm. is that Feast of Mary, the Mother of God. What does it mean to you as the, you know, the vice president of Lifelong Mission to start your year gathered with you know, tens of thousands of people in a football arena instead of at the family party to say, Lord, we're here for you today? You know what? That's such a great question, Adam, because here we are. We're coming off like it's end of year. So aren't we all so busy? We're trying to get everything wrapped up at work. And then we're heading like rushing, rushing straight into Christmas. The most like here it is, this profound day where our Lord, the king of the universe, comes to us in a quiet little baby. And we so we go rushing into Christmas and we come rushing back out. And then we're looking at like everything else. And then you go into conference and it does nothing but just stop you and remind you of what is the most important thing in your life and helps you to reorder and prioritize everything that you need to accomplish in the coming year. Um, It's the best way, the best way that you can start the year. And I will tell you like Jesus and that Holy spirit there, they are present and you will, you will have an encounter with Jesus Christ at seek. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's like we were talking about with our our good friend Brian Miller a few weeks ago. It's not a question of will the Lord act, because when this many people gather together and say, Lord, please pour out your grace, you know he is going to respond generously and pour out his grace. It's a question of like, Lord, help me to be open to that. Help me to get out of your way. Help me not to be the obstacle in you pouring out your grace. Help me just to soak it all in and, and to breathe that new life and go out and live the gospel. Eileen, we are so excited to have you back. I can't say it enough. If you want to find more information, friends, go to seek.focus.org. There is still time to register. Again, that's seek.focus.org. If you click on register, it's going to ask you, are you a college student or are you anybody else? And most of us, we're going to be that anybody else. We're going to be in that Making Missionary Discipleship track, and that's a great thing. So you don't even have to remember a special web address. It's just seek.focus.org. And for those who, you know, are saying, I'd love to make it, but there's just no way I can come the entire week. Day passes are available. I would encourage you to come early in the week so when you fall in love with it, you still have time to come back. (laughs) And then uh, those of you in the Archdiocese of St. Louis on Wednesday night, if if nothing else, come for adoration. And that is a different web address. You have to go to archstl.org slash seek to find out more information on how you can come for adoration on Wednesday night. But Eileen, it's going to be incredible. We are looking forward to you coming here. And from all of us here at Covenant Network, we hope you have a blessed Advent, a Merry Christmas, and we will see you in the new year. I can't wait, Adam. I can't wait. We've got more Roadmap to Heaven after this. Stay tuned. Prayer before a crucifix. Good and sweetest Jesus, before thy face I humbly kneel. And with the greatest fervor of spirit, I pray and beseech thee to fix deep in my heart 
lively sentiments of faith, hope, and charity, true sorrow for my sins, and a firm purpose of amendment, while I consider thy five most precious wounds, having before my eyes the words of David the prophet concerning thee, my Jesus, they have pierced my hands and my feet, they have numbered all my bones. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. It is the first full week of December, and it is a good time to stop on this Monday for a daily dose of encouragement with Patty Schneier. Patty, happy December to you. Happy Advent to you and all of our listeners. So as many of you know, I have been diving into the Eucharist this entire year using the book A Year with the Eucharist as my devotional during my daily holy hour. And I've been reading amazing insights from the saints, biblical scholars, modern-day priests, and religious all about the Eucharist, countless details, various aspects, and a wide range of topics. Well, recently, I read the reflection from day 129 entitled, Like His Incarnation. And after reading that one passage, I was off and running in my journal for over an hour. And when that happens, I take notice because it doesn't happen every day. But on this particular day, I was actually able to gather in my brain and articulate what I keep reading in all of these snippets about the Eucharist. And suddenly I was overcome with a new awareness and understanding of the Eucharist that I had never experienced before. And it all had to do with the parallels between the incarnation and birth of our Lord, which is so appropriate for Advent, to the Eucharist. Now, for many of you, this may be no new revelation. Maybe you've always thought of the Eucharist in terms of the incarnation and birth of our Lord. But I've got to be honest, I have not. When I am at Mass, I usually draw parallels between the Eucharist and the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. I mean, represented, of course, in an unbloody matter. So I'm usually pondering the sacrificial lamb of God that was slain on my behalf, of course, who takes away the sins of the world. And I'm always very, very mindful that I am at Calvary. I am at the foot of the cross. My mind is never back at the beginning to Christ's incarnation. But now I see that the Eucharist is both. It's both. So this week, I want to specifically share various ways that the Eucharist is like the Incarnation. And I thought it would be appropriate to do this at the beginning of Advent when we're reading, of course, the stories about the Annunciation and Mary's yes and the Incarnation that took place. So the first parallel I want to share about the Incarnation and the Eucharist is so basic. It's really, really basic. And here it is. They are both miracles. They are both miracles. The conception of Christ by the Holy Spirit being born of a virgin was, as St. Ambrose wrote, contrary to nature. That's just not the norm. The changing of bread and wine into God's body and blood is also contrary to nature. They are both miracles. And yet, why should we limit the miraculous only to Christ's beginnings or to his other miracles. We need to realize that the Eucharistic miracle that takes place every Sunday, that Christ becomes present, it's beyond norm of nature. It's a miracle, just like the incarnation. So maybe just ponder that today, that at every Mass, you're witnessing a miracle. 
Bread and wine changes to the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Miraculous. Just as it was miraculous that he took flesh and was born of a virgin. How often do we take that for granted? And yet it's a miracle that we can contemplate and take part in each and every day. Patty, thank you for this dose of encouragement. A prayer to St. Joseph. O blessed Joseph, faithful guardian of my Redeemer, Jesus Christ, protector of thy chaste spouse, the Virgin Mother of God. I choose thee this day to be my special patron and advocate, and I firmly resolve to honor thee all the days of my life. Therefore, I humbly beseech thee to receive me as thy client, to instruct me in every doubt, to comfort me in every affliction, to obtain for me and for all the knowledge and love of the heart of Jesus, and finally, to defend and protect me at the hour of my death. Amen. A beautiful setting of O Come Divine Messiah, a great Advent hymn sung by the Benedictines of Mary uh, out in Gower, Missouri. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that as we program the show every day, we try to put in energetic music to get you ready for the day, get you energized for the day. Um, I love that. I, I You know, from the moment I get up in the morning, I, I've got my music going and uh, it gives me that energy. But Advent you know, there, there's a difference. There, it, it, things are not the same as the rest of the year. And so it's good to slow down. It's good to have that pause. And that's what I love about these hymns. It, it's not the same driving force that I would normally have on my music, but the hymn slows me down. And again, going back to what we said at the beginning of the show, it's like that circle when the computer program's loading that spinning circle. Right now, we're called to embrace that spinning circle, to slow down and wait and prepare our hearts. So throughout this entire season, let's remember what we learned about Advent in our preparation last week, that uh, we it's like a little Lent in some ways. It's a time of intentionality, and it's a time of prayer. As I pray each and every Advent, let every heart make him room. Let every heart make him room. Let's pray to close out our show together in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you again for spending the first part of your morning with us here on Roadmap to Heaven. For those of you on the morning commute, we wish you safe travels on this rainy morning. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for more Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to continue just growing in holiness every day this Advent. So tune in for that. Don't forget to share the podcast version of Roadmap to Heaven. If you haven't checked out our podcast, you can find Roadmap to Heaven plus all your favorite Covenant Network shows at ourcatholicradio.org or wherever you like to get your podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Wright. Pray your rosary today. <laughs>